Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today I'm going to be talking with Carly Colley about life participation and aphasia. Hello, I'm Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of, 24, or of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine. You can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, our guest is Carly Cauley, and she is a speech-language pathologist and group facilitator for MINCAN, which stands for Minnesota Connect Aphasia Now a nonprofit providing support and programs for people with aphasia and their families. In addition to facilitating conversation groups, she's also MinCAN's communication and outreach coordinator. She has a master's degree in speech pathology from the University of Minnesota and a BA in speech and hearing science from the University of Iowa. Her areas of interest include aphasia and adult neurogenic communication disorders, and AAC facilitates four MinCan aphasia conversation groups, two in-person and two virtual groups, and she also facilitates the PPA Staying Connected Education and Support Program. Carly loves supporting those with communication disorders through a person-centered approach and is thrilled to be a part of the MinCan team. Welcome to the podcast, Carly. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, well, I'm just so excited to have you. And um, the way we met was just kind of serendipitous, I guess. You came to one of my summer. So. <laughs> yeah, you came to one of my summer yoga programs, and then um, reached out uh, talking how you worked for MinCan with aphasia. And so um, I thought it was such a great fit for the podcast. So very happy to have you here. Um, Carly, let's actually start by defining, like, what is aphasia for those who might not know what it is? Yes, and many people out there do not know what it is until they've been diagnosed with it. Um, Mm -hmm. It is. and that's the hard part. Um, but aphasia is a language disorder that can affect someone's individu- or ability to speak, read, write, or understand what others are saying. Um, and it's primarily caused by a stroke or brain injury. And it can also be caused by some other progressive neurological disorders. Um, but most importantly, it's, it does not affect intelligence. It's just the inability to communicate mm-hmm. um, is the access 
accessing of the language center has been damaged in some way, making it difficult to communicate daily needs, and um, it can be really isolating when that happens. Yeah, and, you know, there's definitely a spectrum of aphasia as well, Um Absolutely. You know, those who might just have minimal problems. Like, I feel like I, you know, mine, I definitely had significant aphasia in the beginning. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. come up with a word, or I would just say totally the wrong word and wouldn't even know it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and then there's that whole spectrum of, you know, you can get to the more severe end, like with stroke patients who can't formulate a word or articulate a word, or they might say words. To yeah. have like, like they might say a sentence of words, but it has no structured meaning, right? Exactly. It comes in all forms, and for some individuals, the writing or understanding pieces mostly affected. Um, everyone presents differently, and mm-hmm. um, everybody needs different types of supports. But um, yes, it's a lot of individuals will agree with me when I say if they have aphasia. It's it's when your brain is holding your words hostage. It's like uh, on the yeah. tip of your tongue. They know the word. They know what they want to say. They just can't get it out, and it, it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is very frustrating. Carly, mm-hmm. share with us how you personally came to, to work in this field. Like, what brought you here? Yes, um, so I... I love helping people um, because they inspire me. They have all been through something significant. These individuals within MinCan have had a life-changing event, and they power through, and they power through together. And it's, I was a graduate student at the U of M in my grad program, and I was placed in one of these conversation groups. And I just saw the connectedness among the group and the fun that they had by losing their ability to communicate in the way that they wanted to. And it was just so inspiring. Um, so to be able to help individuals come together like that and, and provide a safe, comforting space for them to practice their communication, build friendships, build hope and connection, um, it was just so powerful to me. And I wanted to be a part of it however I could. Um, yeah. So I was just sure to stay connected with these conversation group programs through MinCan, and I luckily was able to to uh, get a role as a group facilitator, and I'm in it for ten years now. It's our it's actually our ten year anniversary wow. this month. So, and wow. to see it grow and continue to see all the friendships grow and and the progress that's made, um, it, it's been really really re- rewarding and I'm just so proud to of everybody involved in MinCan. We're doing great things. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting how like I never learned of MinCan and I was very involved yeah. in the Brain Injury um Alliance here in Minnesota and so I'm surprised I've never you know had never made that connection and found you guys. Um like I said yeah. mine wasn't like severe, but it was definitely significant. You know, it definitely made an impact. And I, I still have some lingering aphasia. Um, okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's not as often 
as it used to be, but there's still times I'm like, oh, what is that word? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yes, it's right yes. there. And it's often it's right yes. um, when I'm talking about uh, like more technical things, right? Like, um, like things that sure. I should really know off, off the top of my head, like things I've talked about forever. Um, so it's always frustrating. Yeah. That's um, why, but that's I know early on. So frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, it's so frustrating. And I know early on it was um, much more significant. I went, I remember talking to a neighbor and I was just like, I said flowers instead of candles and like just Mm -hmm. like these different words came out and I didn't even know it. Um, And she knew that I had had a brain injury. So she was just like, what did you mean? (laughs) I'm like, what did I say? (laughs) <laughs> um, and that's a good and, you know, and I've right met, there, just to repeat what right. you said, and that helps bring awareness. And yeah, yeah, what a great name. Yeah, and <laughs> and I had learned, um, I had learned at one point not to just give the word to the person. Um, like if they're mm-hmm. struggling to find it, let them search for it for a minute. Um, but sure. if they're getting frustrated, then go ahead and help them with the word, um, because if you can actually pull the word it's actually rebuilding that neuroplasticity. At least that's how it was told to me. So I'm curious if that's what you guys have yes. found to be the case as well. I, yes, I love that you brought that up. Uh, yes, we often, you know, encourage everyone to, you know, give space or time for the individual to get their word out when they're, they're stuck or having a hard time in that moment. Um, because, yes, having the individual kind of work through it a little bit, incorporate whatever strategies are working for them to get to that word. Maybe it's talking about the word or describing it or gesturing, mm-hmm. writing it down. Any way we can incorporate multiple forms of communication can help that brain get to that word that individual wants to say. And like you said, rebuilding those those neural connections, neuroplasticity, um, it, it can really help. But we just carefully balance that with the frustration piece because we don't want you getting so frustrated and that you, yeah. So we, we often encourage our participants with aphasia and their, their families or care partners to have that conversation. Like if maybe they have a code word or code gesture, like, okay, I can't get the word help me um, just to limit the frustration too. But yeah, it's, it's just a careful balance of, doing what you can to get to the word, but not getting too frustrated and, and being okay with asking for help. So yeah. we, we practice that in our conversation groups, and I help facilitate that when needed and just encourage everybody to use um, their strategies that they, they've discovered along their journey. Yeah. And I know early on, I'm curious if this would be considered aphasia, Um I had a lot of trouble with numbers. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I would transpose numbers a lot, especially with phone numbers. Um, and that okay. was incredibly frustrating with me. Like I'd start dialing, I'd be looking at 612, and then I'd dial 798. Like not okay. anywhere near what I was trying to dial. And I knew, like as I was doing it, I knew it wasn't right. You know what I mean? It was like so mm-hmm. frustrating. I'm curious if that was also aphasia. Yes, aphasia can definitely affect numbers and how you use them. Um, we we often provide like number charts 
in our conversation groups for individuals to reference when they need it or write down some multiple choice options of numbers they might be wanting to talk about if it's like the weather for the day, they're looking at the temperature. Um, so we, yeah, we, we know that numbers are hard with aphasia as well and make them aware of that and what situations they might need some extra strategies built into their daily routines to, to make sure um, they're dialing the right numbers or, um, you know, finances come into play with that too. So, um, but yeah, right. you're right. Aphasia definitely affects numbers as well. For some, not all, but it, it definitely mm-hmm. can play a role. Yeah, I and we just want to really educate everybody that. on that. Yeah, we, we want to educate everybody on that so they don't feel like it's them, it's the aphasia. So. Yeah, I know. I used to struggle spreading awareness about it. <laughs> I struggled really hard with numbers for a long time, longer than I struggled with words. Like the word stuff, I learned how to compensate, I guess you could say. Like if I, if I couldn't come up sure. with the word, I just like would find a different word. But the number stuff was okay. really challenging. And like, like for instance, scheduling um, an appointment, I would schedule someone for the 11th at 2 p.m. And I double mm-hmm. and triple check it, and inevitably I'd schedule them for like the second at 11. Like it, it was so okay. frustrating. I called them oh, my, my goodness. dyslexia. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It's you know, definitely and as someone who was a business owner, you know, I was a business owner my whole life. Like I, I'd always been self-employed and very independent, and then to like mm-hmm. not be able to manage my schedule was was super frustrating. Yes, and I know you're not alone in feeling that way. I've heard that from multiple individuals in our group. Just it, It's a life-changing event, and you have to relearn how to do many different things with something that has always come so naturally. So it's, it's definitely tough to figure out and sort through, uh, and that's why I'm glad we can provide some additional support here to help help individuals and their families navigate challenges that come up along their journey. And so how do you, how does MinCan, like what are some strategies you guys use um, to help individuals who are struggling? Yes. So we have an approach, uh, Dr. Cindy Bush, who is our founder of MinCan, she wrote an article about whatever works. Um, and we just incorporate all forms, all modes of communication and just slow things down. Um, so in our conversation groups, you would see uh, pictographs of maps, number charts, family trees, um, WH questions, these describing wheels that help individuals describe the word that they're talking about. Um, and we use pictures a lot. We have individuals bring in pictures to talk about. Um, so we just incorporate multiple modes of communication and and also bring attention to other forms of communication that people are already using without even being aware of it because just bringing attention to how how well someone is doing something um, like writing the word down um, maybe somebody isn't even aware that they're like how how much writing can help them get their words out um, so and then we, everybody has a whiteboard in front of them, and I'm writing down keywords 
of the conversation as we go, and I will kind of pause and repeat or recap the conversation and just kind of check in with everybody to ensure their understanding. Um, so that just really helps everybody stay on the same page. We bring up pictures when we need to. We write things down when we need to. Repeat the message as needed. Um, use our maps, our pictographs, everything to make sure everybody's sharing what they want to say and and understanding what's being said. Yeah, and you know, you had mentioned earlier how intellect is not affected um, with aphasia. Yeah. And I think that's such an important point to bring up. Um, you know, often people after brain injury are really dismissed, um, particularly if they have speech problems, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you know, if people are maybe slurring their words or saying the wrong words, they might be talking slower than normal or some people talk faster than normal after brain injury. <laughs> um, you know, so there's yep. all different ways that the communication can be changed. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it is, it's important to understand that intellect typically isn't impacted. It can be in some cases, but in most cases it's not. And, um, Correct. You know, a lot of TBI people are often dismissed, like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about, um, or people try right. to talk over them. Um, so I think this is a really important thing to understand. Absolutely. Um, yes, and we stress that in our groups regularly. Um, we often kind of revisit the education component of aphasia, too, um, in addition to having our, our conversations for group, um, just because... Aphasia is hard to understand and how yeah. it can play out in your day-to-day -day and what that means. But we always want to make sure our participants are aware that it does not affect their intellect. They are still just as smart as they were before their stroke or brain injury. It's just the access problem with getting to the mm -hmm. language center and communication. Um, and I know it, it probably doesn't feel like that to everybody with aphasia, um, but um, just providing them with that tool and letting them know, like, it's the aphasia, it's not you. Um, we just need to figure out the strategies that work best for you and decrease those barriers um, to help you keep living life successfully with aphasia because there's mm -hmm. ways to do it. I know once um, I was at a networking group and a woman asked me, what made me write a book about traumatic brain injury? And I was like, well, mm -hmm. it's my story. It's my journey through brain injury. She's like, oh, you had a brain injury? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you don't sound, you don't talk like you have a brain injury. And I'm like, well, my speech was not impacted. It was, you know, not one of the, mm -hmm. the functions that was impacted. And she was just like, oh. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's so interesting how there are so many misconceptions out there about brain injury and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like maybe the only person they know with a brain injury had a lot of speech problems. Um, and, sure. you know, that that's why I'm so passionate about, about you know, all my advocacy work and, and sharing and doing the podcast and everything else I do is just to help your average person understand. So when they mm -hmm. meet someone who's had a brain injury, because it's like one in four people will have a brain injury. So the chances of someone you know having one, a brain injury, you know, can include mm -hmm. stroke, aneurysm. Um, the yeah. chances of knowing someone are extremely high. 
someone very close yeah. to you. Um, and so just having having the knowledge and having some of those resources and tools um, is so important. And, yeah, speech, speech is just one component, right? <laughs> and I'm sure it is. Um, you I can know. attest to that. <laughs> yes, it is one component. And that's... Yeah, and that's why I'm grateful that you wrote that book to share your story, and and we are trying to capture our participants' stories in our group as well and help them tell their story as well, Um, just because it builds that connection and being able to relate to others going through something similar or the same thing. In, In addition to the family or care partners going through it as well, um, just build, mm-hmm. building a community to to foster friendships, hope, connection, support um, is needed. It's so needed. Um, so we're, we're grateful to be doing that, and we hope to continue spreading awareness about aphasia in our groups and programs and just be there for, for anyone going through something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, I didn't even know you guys existed. And so yeah. I'm glad to know that there are <laughs> groups out there specifically, um, you know, helping individuals with aphasia because it is, it's, it's completely debilitating. And, you know, for me, fortunately, my aphasia has, like I said, mostly cleared up. I still have some troubles with numbers, um, I still mm-hmm. forget words, but it's so much better. I mean, it, it, my my 10-year anniversary is coming up in February. Okay. Um, wow. oh, so, you know, I'm almost 10 years out. Um, mm-hmm. But not everybody is as fortunate as I am and mm-hmm. and recovers from aphasia, correct? Correct. I mean, everybody's road to recovery is different. Um, and mm-hmm. we, we do use that motto or the phrase, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, So the more that somebody can communicate, practice talking, engaging in all things that language involves, writing, reading, talking, gesturing, um, just keep staying engaged, keep participating, keep practicing, you'll you'll see progress continue for forever. Um, It might not be drastic improvements all the time, and you won't get back to where you were prior to your your brain injury or uh, your stroke, but there you can make leaps and bounds of gains and and just yeah there's always room for progress so um, we just want people to be out there and keep participating in in their life and do what's meaningful and important to them because when you're doing that that's really when you see the progress yeah. Absolutely. So, Carly, tell us a little more. Um, so, wherever people are listening, we do have a clickable link in the show notes. Um, so, it's mncan, so mncan.org. Um, Correct. And if someone listening is from Minnesota, you guys um, definitely have resources for them. But if someone's listening from another state, um, are you guys able yeah. to try and help them find resources in their area? We can certainly try. Um, we we want to help anybody with aphasia. So we have a resource page on our website. Um, so if, if you go to our website and click on the resources tab, you'll see three different options for people with aphasia, for care partners, or for professionals. And I know our, our MinCAN team 
um, definitely has connections or uh, has collaborated with other aphasia programs across the United States that we could always definitely connect you with somebody and we'll do whatever we can to help. Um, so yeah, please check us out and don't hesitate to ask for help. We're, that's what we're here for. Well, Carly, thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for all that you and Min can do to help individuals struggling with aphasia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me and uh, allowing me to talk about MinCan and what we do, and um, I will stay connected. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder, you can find all previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes or Spotify, or you can find them directly at facesoftbi.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Zalmer. And also, please join us in Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it for just five bucks at buymeacoffee.com slash EZ. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode.